Thank you for listening to this sermon from Renaissance Church located in Montreal, Quebec. For more information about Renaissance Church, please visit our website, renaissancemtl.com. If you would like to know more about how you can partner up to see the gospel advance in Montreal, please send us an email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com. My name is Graham, and I'm one of the pastors here at Renaissance, and I'm excited to be with you guys here today. Um, if you're joining us here online, you can, uh, you can feel free to say, say hi in the comments and let us know you're here, and, and we're glad that uh, you're with us today. So um, if you have a Bible, uh, I'd invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to be for today. Um, and while you guys do that, um, I'm going to begin by sharing a little bit of a story with you guys. All right, so uh, when I was in junior high, um, which I don't, know, I don't know if it's actually called junior high here, but I'm talking about like grades seven, eight, and nine, um, where I'm called, that's kind of like all lumped together into what's called junior high. Um, so around that time, I was on the basketball team at school. And uh, we had a tournament at another school in the city, and so it was like an all-day tournament. And um, yeah, so, so uh, we had a few games to play. We would have some in the morning, some in the, in the afternoon. And so we get there in the morning, we play our morning games, and we had a few more games to play in the afternoon. Um, but before the afternoon happened, we needed to get something to eat. Like, we didn't bring a lunch or anything. Me and, me and my friends were like, we got to get some food before we start our afternoon games. Um, while this tournament is happening, like it's, this is the middle of the winter in Winnipeg, right? So it's like freezing cold outside. There's like a ton of snow. And so outside of the gym doors, there's like a huge field. And on the other side of the field, there's a 7-Eleven, which is like if you're a 14-year-old boy, that's like all you ever needed, right? It's, it's like I just need to go 7-Eleven, get myself some food. Um, so we're, uh, we're, we're standing inside the gym, and I just remember like debating with my buddies like, are we going to like all get bundled up before we go? Like it seems kind of like a waste. Or are we just going to like book it across this field? Um, and, and just like all in just like our basketball jerseys and our shorts and stuff like this. And we're like thinking about it. Like are we, are, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to put our jackets on and stuff. And all of a sudden, one of my buddies, he just makes a run for it. And we're like, we just like all start following him like a bunch of lemmings jumping, jumping off a cliff, right? And uh, we don't make it very far before, like, we start getting freezing cold and our, like, basketball shoes start filling up with snow. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's miserable. Um, but we make it to 7-Eleven, right? We get our big bite hot dog with a small bag of chips and a drink for $3.99. And, you know, it's all good. And so we, we run back and we make it back in time for our next game. And then we start to realize something, right? All of the snow um, that we filled up, had filled up our shoes before, it's now melted, and our socks and our shoes are just soaking wet. And so, you know, we're like playing, and, and we're like running up and down the court, and our sh shoes are like squishing every step that we take. And, uh, you know, we take jumpers, and we're like landing in puddles. Um, it's super embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, we, we proceed to just get whooped on the court here by this other team, and we don't win the tournament. And all of this is because we made a poor decision 
not to dress appropriately for the weather, right? If we had just put on our stuff, we would have come back, and we would have been able to, to suit up properly, and we, you know, we would have probably done significantly better than we did. Um, and so why am I telling you all this? Um, I tell you all this because this is a little bit about what, what we're talking about today. Um, today we're talking about dressing appropriately for our spiritual battles um, that, that we're facing in, in everyday life. And so um, what, what we're going to see is that we need to put on God's strength and his power because we are not equipped to face the spiritual battles of life without God. And so we're going to explore that a little bit more as we go through our text today. Um, really what we're going to see is the hope that we have and, and how God has equipped us to fight these battles. So if you are just joining us, we as a church are going through a series in the book of Ephesians, and today we're wrapping up that series. And so if you've missed any of the previous sermons, you can find them online. Um, but if you're not familiar with Ephesians, Ephesians was, was written by a man named Paul to a church in the city of Ephesus. And Ephesus is uh, modern-day Turkey. Uh, Paul had previously been to Ephesus, and so he knows the believers that he's writing to. Um, and if you're, you're interested in learning a little bit more about that, you can find that in Acts chapter 19. But right now, Paul is, is writing to this church from prison. So Paul's been put in prison, uh, and he's been arrested and put there because he has been sharing the gospel, and people really don't like that. And so um, we're, we're going to look a little bit more into his situation today as we finish this letter um, to the Ephesians. Uh, we're going to read our text for uh, today in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, I want to just give us a bit of an idea of where we are headed. So uh, as we look at our text today, uh, the main thing that I want us to see is that everything you need to fight the spiritual battles of life is yours through Christ. Everything you need to fight the spiritual battles of life is yours through Christ. And so we're going to be looking at that through two main sections of our text, um, and we'll go over them here. They're pretty straightforward. So first is know your enemy, and second is know your weaponry. So first, know your enemy, and second, know your weaponry. Um, let's take a look at our text. Again, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 10, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter here. Here's what it says. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. 
so that you know, may know how I am doing. Uh, so, sorry, so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. All right, um, there's a lot there, uh, so let us dive in. So first off, know your enemy. What we see in this first section of text um, is that humans, you know, you and I, we are involved in some sort of struggle, right? So Paul, Paul describes it as a struggle to stand against the schemes of the devil. Uh, so the first thing that we need to see is that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. And that sounds a little bit strange, you know, it might even sound a little bit cryptic, but if we look at the situation that Paul is in, I think we get a, big, a better picture of what this means. So um, let's look at that. We, we mentioned before that Paul is in prison. He's writing the letter from prison, and he's in prison because he has been sharing the gospel. And so he's been telling people about the risen Christ. In fact, we, we read about it in the verses that we just read. Um, in verses 19 and 20, he's, he asks the, the church to pray for him that he would boldly continue to share the gospel, which is the reason why he's in prison. And so what, we, what, what is the sp spiritual battle that Paul is facing as he's writing to them? The, the spiritual battle is to be faithful to God in whatever situation God has placed him in. Right? It's not... He, he's not talking about like, hey, as soon as I get out of prison, like things will be all good and then I can share the gospel. Um, the, the, the battle is how can I be faithful to God wherever I am? And so when, when we talk about spiritual battle, this is what we're talking about, is how do we remain faithful to God wherever he has placed us? And so even that, that, if that place is difficult and even if we, we may not want to be there. And this struggle that we're talking about, this spiritual battle, Paul says it has an enemy. He says, in verse 11, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, this is what we're talking about when we say, know your enemy. So our, our battle, it isn't against people. It's, uh, it's not an earthly battle that we face. It's a spiritual one. And so often we get that twisted, right? We're, we're so prone to think that anyone that gets in the way of our hopes and our desires is our enemy. And this is, this is what Paul is trying to tell us. He's saying, know your enemy. Fight the right fight. If you're focused on people, then you're engaged in the wrong battle. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit of a story here to, to show you what I mean. So um, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, there was this football player named Jim Marshall. Has anyone ever heard of him? No, yeah, probably not. He's not like super well known, but he was a really good player, um, right? He played for a team called the Minnesota Vikings and he was like a defensive player. And currently he holds the record for most fumbles recovered in a career. If you don't know what a fumble is, it's basically someone just drops the ball. So he was known for, like, when someone dropped the ball, he picked it up the most amount of times, which is a really good thing because it gives your team the ball and then you have a chance to score. 
And so, anyways, Jim Marshall, he's this really good player. Um, but the thing that he's known for is one specific fumble that he recovered. Um, in fact, he got a nickname just from this one play. And so we've actually got a video clip of this play. Um, and we're going to play it. Excuse the poor quality because it was filmed in 1964. Nothing I can do about that. But we'll play it. And uh, yeah, so just watch that. Looking. Stops, throws, completes it to Kilmer up at the 30-yard line. Kilmer driving for the first down, loses the football. It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way. And he's running it into the end zone. The wrong way thinks he scored a touchdown. He has scored a safety. His teammates were running along the far side of the field. Russ trying to tell him to go back. All right, so... Um, if, you're, if you're watching that online or you, and you weren't able to, to see it, basically uh, what happened was there was a catch on the field and there was this, there was this fumble. And uh, Jim Marshall, he picked up the ball and he ran 70 yards full speed into the end zone the wrong way. And so uh, he ran all the way into his own end zone and he gave his team two points. Or he, sorry, he gave the other team two points because... Uh, yeah, so because of that, he, was, he got the nickname Wrong Way Marshall. Um, and that's like the name that stuck with him his whole career, even though he did like so much other good stuff. So anyway, um, here's why I bring that up. Some, sometimes we can spend a whole lot of time and energy fighting people who are not really our enemies. Right? This is what, what Paul is saying. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is spiritual. And so this is what we need to know right up front. Know who your enemy is. You're not fighting a battle against people. You're engaged in a spiritual battle. And here's what I mean by that. The, the way the Bible talks about people is that all people were made in God's image. Right? All people resemble God by their nature. Now, we also know that our sin, it it ruins that image, right? It corrupts that image. But, but yeah, we, we see that sin ruins our relationship with both with people and with God. But the solution to that isn't to wage war against one another. Right? Our, our desire is to see others and uh, ourselves and others be made back into the image that God made us to be. So, again, the problem isn't people, it's spiritual. And so we need to know who the enemy is. I'll give you another example here. So our daughter, Skylar, um, she's in daycare. And so every morning, either my, myself or my wife, Melissa, we, we walk with her all the way to daycare. Um, and so one, one day this week, Melissa was taking Skylar to daycare, as we do. And on most days when we take her, part of our routine is, is just to pray with her as we walk. Or we pray for her day. Um, and yeah, so... Melissa's walking her there, and on this particular day, Skylar had a bit of a different prayer request, right? So um, the girls are, are walking, and Melissa says to her, Skylar, like, what can we pray for you for today? And Skylar looks at her, and she says, Mom, I want to pray that everyone who's mean to me goes to hell. And we're like, whoa, whoa, take a step back here. Um, you know, hold on here. Um, so, you know, we had to have a conversation with her about, like, why that's not okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that we don't wish anyone goes to hell, um, but that they turn from their sin and that they turn from God. 
And, and I say all that to, to, again, show us that it's not people who are our enemy, right? This is something that we all need to hear because, you know, we might not outright pray that people that hurt us go to hell, but we frequently get frustrated or, or angry or, you know, even indifferent to others when they hurt us or they, they offend us or even when we don't understand them, right? And, and the point here is that people, again, are not our enemy. This is incredibly relevant to how we view others who are, are different from us, right? How do you respond to people who ha- are a different socioeconomic status than you, people who are a different religion than you, uh, people who uh, have a different culture than you, or people who share different political views from you? Or even in, in light of the, the COVID situation, how are you responding to the new restrictions? Right? Does, this, does this anger you? Like, I know it did for me. Um, and, and how are you responding to, to people who maybe aren't obeying the restrictions or maybe they're not wearing their mask properly or something like that? Um, even more than people who are different than you, how do you respond to people who have outright hurt you? Right? When we're focused on the fight between our fellow humans we are fighting the wrong fight, right? We're running the ball back into our own end zone because the enemy is not flesh and blood, it's spiritual. And to that, to that point, here's what we need to understand. If, if this is a spiritual battle, right, then by ourselves, we are completely incompetent and unqualified to win, right? We read earlier in the series in Ephesians um, that apart from the grace of God, Without him, we are, we are spiritually dead, right? And, and so in that state, we cannot expect to win a spiritual battle on our own. You're not equipped to face the spiritual, spiritual uh, bat, sorry. You're not equipped to face the spiritual battles of life without God. And that's the reality. We can't just get it together enough on our own to take on the schemes of the devil. Because the, the, remember, the battle is to stay faithful to God in whatever situation he has placed us in. And the point then is that we cannot do it without him. Right? We can't fight this spiritual battle without God. We are not equipped. And here's, here's, here's the key verse that I want us to see here. It's in verse 10. It's the, the first verse that we read. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So how, how do we do that? And what does that look like? And so that, that brings us into the next section. So first, know your enemy. Second thing I want us to see is know your weaponry. So this, in this section, Paul, he goes through a list of armor that a Christian should equip themselves with in order to prepare for battle. And so he gives us seven ways in which to equip ourselves in the strength of God. Uh, what we see here is there's a lot of like symbolic war imagery here. So we're going to try and unpack what each one of these means. Before we get into that, though, the the first thing I want us to see, actually, is that twice he tells us to take up the whole armor of God, right? It's not just some. It's not just a list of items that we pick up uh, when we need them. Um, That's not like they're on the shelf and it's like, okay, I need this today, I need this today. No, we're, we're... they were told to pick up the whole armor of God. And so unless we put on the full armor of what he says here, then we are still not properly equipped. And so um, let's get into what he says here. First thing we see is that we are to fasten the belt of truth. Um, to explain this a little bit, for, for a soldier in that time, putting on your belt 
was a sign that you were getting ready to go to war. So the, the belt would hold back, it would hold back like the soldier's tunic uh, so that it wouldn't get in the way. And it also would allow the soldier to be uh, able to access their weapon easily. And so this is what Paul is saying that the truth does. It prepares you for warfare. Um, so what are we talking about when we say the truth prepares you for battle? The, the truth that we're talking about is the truth of God's word. God's word of scripture or, or scripture prepares us for battle. So I'm going to read for you uh, a, a verse from John 17. This is Jesus and he's uh, praying for the disciples right before that he was, he was going to the cross. He, he was Right after this, he would be betrayed and, and led to his death on the cross. And so this is what he says. Uh, this is John 17 in verse 14. It says, I have given them, the disciples, he says, I've, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And so, we're going to keep reading in a, in a minute, but already what we see, we see this picture of like this spiritual battle. God doesn't call them out of the world, but the request is that they be kept from the enemy. And he goes on here to say, he says, he says sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in the truth. Now, let's compare that to what we, what we just read in, in Ephesians. Jesus says, the word, or, yeah, Jesus says the word of God is truth and it will sanctify them. In other words, it's going to grow them spiritually. And Paul says, put this truth on. Put on the, the word of God as it prepares you for battle. So what does this mean for us? It means that if we don't know the truth of God's word, we are not ready for the spiritual battle of everyday life. We are not prepared to be faithful to God in the situation that he's placed us in if we do not know the truth of God's word. And, and if we're not prepared to live out that truth in our everyday lives. And so we must be equipped with God's word. So we need to have a high view of scripture in our daily lives because it is vital for being able to withstand the schemes of the devil. First, so first we see uh, the belt of truth. Next thing we, we see is that Christians need to be equipped with the breastplate of righteousness. So again, in, in terms of armor, what is the purpose of a, a breastplate, right? A breastplate is meant to protect your vitals. Um, it's meant to protect your organs to keep you alive, especially your heart. So this is what, what Paul says that righteousness does. It protects our heart. And so then how do we put on this righteousness? Well, again, we need to remember that this is the armor of God. This is not the armor of us. And the book of Romans, it says, uh, it tells us no one is righteous. No, not one. And so the, the righteousness that we are putting on cannot come from us. It comes from God. It comes from Jesus and his righteousness. Um, because where we have sinned, Jesus did not. Jesus lived sinlessly, completely obedient to God. And so when we put our faith in him and trust that what he did was sufficient enough to cover 
our sins, God imputes us with his righteousness. In other words, God sees us like he sees Jesus. Um, it's as though he's, he's like looking at us through the lens of his son, Jesus. And we are credited with the righteousness of Jesus. And so, our, so through faith in Christ, we can be equipped with righteousness. Next, we are to put on our shoes. He says, as, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And I was listening to a pastor this week named Kent Hughes, and this is what he said. He says, the gospel of peace, that is the peace that comes from the gospel, is what covers the feet and equips them to stand ground. So here's what he's getting at. He's getting at knowing that you have peace with God because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done on your behalf to pay the debt of your sin and impute his righteousness on you, knowing that, knowing that peace is what will make you stand firm. Right? This is what we are to be grounded in, is knowing that we have peace with God. Knowing that we were formerly enemies of God, in, in complete opposition to him, but that through Christ, through faith in Christ, we have switched teams, right? God has adopted us, even though we are completely undeserved of it, but because he is good and loving, he has given us peace with him. That is what we stand in as followers of Christ. And this is what, what we are equipped with for the spiritual battles that we face. Fourth thing that we see is the shield of faith. Shields, right, they're obviously meant as a defense to like block an attack. And the picture that Paul gives us is that the shields were meant to take on the impact of like flaming arrows of the enemy. So um, I heard this, this week that there would be like leather parts on the shield and that they would be dipped in water so that when the arrows hit, they would, um, they would like extinguish the flames and, and it would protect the soldier. And, you know, we've probably seen this kind of thing in, in movies, right? I watched the movie Hercules a little while ago with The Rock. Um, the, the movie has The Rock in it. I didn't watch it with The Rock. We're not that close. Um, but... There's like a scene in it where it shows us, right? So that the enemy army, they are like lighting their, their arrows on fire and they like shoot them in the, the sky and it like comes down and it looks like it's like raining fire down on them. And so what the, the, the army does is like they all band together and they put up their shields and, uh, to, protect, to protect themselves from the fiery arrows. And so this is the picture that we have of our faith, right? Our, our faith is like these shields. It's our, our defense, it's meant to protect us from the attack of the enemy. Uh, one thing to note is, is what he says here at the beginning. He says, he says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. So no matter what situation we're in, we are to walk by faith. We, we trust in God's promises. We faithfully obey him no matter what because he is our defense. Next, we have the helmet of salvation. Right? Helmets, what do they do? Right? They obviously, they protect your head. Um, it's, it's vital for you to, to wear a helmet if you're going to go to war. Um, but here's an interesting thing that I heard about the helmets that the Romans would have worn. So I'm going to show you a picture here. Um, here is kind of, you know, it's a, a drawing or whatever, but uh, it's a picture of the, the type of helmet that 
uh, would be worn by a Roman soldier. So you've probably seen something like this before. You kind of have like that gold or bronze like metal part and it, that like surrounds your head. On top though, there's like that red piece, right? It like kind of looks like, I always think it looks like a mohawk. Um, and what I heard was the, that this part was meant to identify you, right? It showed those around you which army you belong to so that in the heat of the battle, right, you don't accidentally get killed by someone, by your own army, right? Like you, you, if you have this red thing on your head, you're part of one army. If you don't, then you're part of the other army. So the, the helmets, uh, they showed who you belong to, just like it might in like football or some other sport. You all have the same helmet. And so similarly, the helmet of salvation, it shows who we belong to. It shows the world that we have been saved by Christ and that we are part of his army now. Right? To put on this helmet is to identify with the saving power of Christ. And he died on the cross for our sins, but that God raised him from the dead, defeating the power of sin on our behalf. So we equip ourselves with this when we say no to our sin. Right? When we show that sin has no power over us. And it shows the world that we have been saved from the power of sin and death and have a new identity in Christ. Um, the last thing he mentions here that's part of the armor, there's one other, one other piece, but uh, the last thing he mentions as part of the armor is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you know, we, talk, we talked a little bit about this before, um, about Scripture when we talked about the belt of truth and, and the truth of God's Word. So we're not going to go into too much detail here. But I want to point out one big difference here, right? The sword of the Spirit is the only offensive weapon that we see. Right? It's the only thing here that we have to attack with. Everything else is to protect us. It's for our defense. And so, what does that tell you? It tells us that the importance of Scripture in our lives. Right? If we look at the life of Jesus, this is what we see that he used when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And uh, you can find this story in the Gospels of Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And what we see is that while he's in the wilderness, um, he's led by, there by the Spirit, and, and the devil is there, and he tempts him three times. And each time, how does Jesus respond? He responds to the devil by quoting Scripture back to him. So God's Word is our offense against the schemes of the devil. When we're tempted to believe his lies when we're tempted to disobey and to give in to sin, Paul says that the best weapon that we have against that is God's word. Finally, uh, if we look at verse 18, we see that Paul, he wraps up this section by talking about prayer. And this isn't, it's not listed specifically as part of the armor, but this is an integral part to our spiritual battle, right? This is, this is kind of like our communication between us and the army commander. Paul tells us to pray and to make supplication. Um, supplication is just an, another word for making requests to God. And so a big part of our battle is going to God for help and for the help of other believers. And, and at the end here, what we, we, we briefly talked about this before, but Paul, he asks for prayer for himself, that he would boldly proclaim the gospel 
And this is the reason why he's in prison. So I want to spend a little bit of time just looking back at this because for him, this, this spiritual battle that he is facing is to be faithful to God in the situation that God has placed him in. And um, as I was, I was reading this, this passage this week, there was one verse that specifically stood out to me. And it comes in the, the final reading of the text here. Um, it comes from, from these verses 20, 21 and 22. And it says this, it says, so that, you may also, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And so I was thinking about this this week, and this, especially this last sentence here, that he may encourage your hearts. Right? And, and I was thinking... Like, how on earth is he going to encourage their hearts? Like, he's in prison right now. What kind of encouragement does he have to offer? Right? And yet he's, he's still asking them to pray for him, to be bold and share the gospel, which is why he's still in prison. And so we see that Paul's number one hope wasn't in getting out of prison. Right? So that's not the, what he plans to encourage them with. His hope and his prayer is to be faithful to God in whatever situation God has put him in. And he knows that will only happen as he equips himself with the armor of God and goes into the right battle. So for us, the same thing is true. Whatever God has placed you, put on the full armor of God so that you can be faithful. Put on the truth of his word. Put on the righteousness, the righteousness of Christ Put on the peace that you have with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And put on all of these things and be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You are not equipped to face, to, to face the spiritual battles of life without God. But everything that you need to fight the, the spiritual battles of life uh, um, is, is yours through Christ. Let me say that again. Everything you need to fight the spiritual battles of life is yours through Christ. So know your enemy, know your weaponry. Understand that the battle we face is not against flesh and blood, but rather it is a spiritual battle, and that the strength that we need to fight this battle comes from Christ and Christ alone. So dress appropriately by putting on the full armor of God. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and what he has done on our behalf. God, we thank you that um, we can depend on you. God, we, we pray that we would depend on you and, and not in our own strength. Help us to, to seek you and your strength and your might to fight the spiritual battles that we face. Help us to understand um, that we're not fighting a, a battle on, here on earth. We're not fighting this battle against people it's not against flesh and blood that we're fighting, but it's against spiritual forces. God, there is a bigger picture out there than what we see in our everyday lives. And help us to see that as we go through our, our everyday lives and 